morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... Hello, my thanks, Jackson Jacks. Have time out. Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures down 20, NASDAQ Futures down 82. Um, even though the headline says the uh, futures are a little changed, they're actually down quite a bit. Kevin, how are you? Good morning. I too am down quite a bit. Um, you're on a you're on a diet. Uh, well, I, I, that too. But uh, but when I say down quite a bit, it's just you know after a few nice days off. Okay, got to get back in the swing of things now. Well, that's right. So uh, you're going to play some softball? If you're taking a few swings. Oh, good Lord, no. No. I hurt myself. A little now. golf? A little golf? <laughs> a little guy. You know what? I, I tried I tried really hard to get the golf bug um, several years ago. And and part of my problem with it is I really hate to suck at a sport. So You and I, Charles I Barkley. Never, I, yeah, I never had time to practice. And so, you know, I could do some good things on a golf course, but not enough to say, you know, I'm good or I'm, yeah, I, I, I don't want, I don't, I had no expectation of being a great golfer. Uh, I just wanted to be good enough that, you know, if you, if you were a good golfer, you would, I, it would be fun to play with me. Um, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have you. It doesn't take all that much to get into that. Hill and Dale. And, and I just never had the time to do a lot of practicing. Yeah, you got to get so, a little bread. The only thing about golf is you can have four to crummies holes going. I, mean, I haven't played in a long time, but I'm trying to get back into it. My my chiropractor is demanding I play with him. He has one day a week out on the weekend. We'll just go play nine holes. I can't find anybody to play with either. So anyway, but the uh, if you you can have four crummy holes and all of a sudden you you, you spank one off the 18 tee right down the middle and you go, I'll be back next week. Yeah. One, one, <laughs> one good shot just seems to negate about five crummy ones if you're you know if you're just hacking around. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. But uh, yeah, it, 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 like like anything, it just it takes some practice. It takes you know you have to go out even if you're a once a week golfer. Um, you still have to get out to the range, to the uh, to the putting green, do some short range. So you you know you have to do that if you want to be decent at it. And, yeah, well, yeah, um, <laughs> practice is sort of everything. It's even drinking. You got to practice, right, to be good at it. I, I think so. In fact, uh, you know that that one I'm working on. Yeah, God. Uh, so as if you thought things weren't bad enough. 
Uh, El Nino has officially begun. UN says phenomenon likely to threaten lives, break temperature records, and what's today, the 5th? I'm thinking the 3rd or the 2nd. You know what? Everybody, Greg could probably look this up. Don't steal my thunder here on the uh, weather report. What's it? The, the was the hottest day ever. Ah, uh, there goes my trivia. Well, okay, you can I'll fill it up. Fill up you know, f- finish it up then. Okay, so it was seventeen point one eight degrees Celsius, or sixty-two point nine uh, degrees Fahrenheit, average global temperature, world's hottest day. How do you how do you check the temperature everywhere on the globe to get an average? I don't know, but NOAA reported it, so I kind of believe it. Um, or longest in 140 years. Or oh, sure, times. everything we get from the government is okay. Well, how, how about 140 years ago? How did you know what the average was? When you didn't have like, planes and stuff. Well, they had eyes. They have a, commu- a computer model that tells them that. Well, you know, careful with this, because our friend Tom Conway might be actually listening, and he retired well, from Noah. I, I, I understand that, but I'll take it all with a grain of salt. You know what? Um... Yeah, what, what's the latest? What, what's the latest you're hearing? Well, they're talking about uh, wh- whether we can uh, do something to block out the sun. Yeah, We just did. What we had a Canadian go, wildfire. What, yeah, I know. <laughs> what, what could go wrong with that? Yeah, what, what could go know, wrong with that? A grand experiment to block the sun. You know, what could we possibly do to kill ourselves that way? Actually, in my uh, somebody actually wrote into Quora, which I'm getting addicted to, and said, what if we just covered, I don't know how many... Th- Hundred square miles of the Sahara Desert with uh, solar things, put, the things people put under the garage. And the guy said, "Well, if you covered so much of it, where you raise the temperature or you lower the temperature in the Sahara, you'd cause all kinds of problems everywhere with the oceans and everything." So you can't, like you say, you can't just do this. But hey, I got a uh, a lot of disparate questions here this morning, and a lot of them are. Well, because we have a lot of stuff to talk about. I sent you, and we, it was a crazy week last week with the Supreme Court and other stuff. But one thing we have we have talked about um, a lot on the show, kind of a little, you know, I won't say a lot, but we, we talk about uh, the uh, uh, s- some of the stuff. There's a, there's a story here, one of my buddies who lives close. Um, there were eight people robbed in Lincoln Park in under 20 minutes, right around Eyes Park. Now, we're talking about the, the Lily White... No, it's not that there's not there's not minorities that live there. They do, but it's it's upper. If if they do, they got dough, right? So these are people that you know. I think most of them. I won't say. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. What, you know, I'm not even going to say what their what their political leanings are or whatever. But the interesting part here, Kevin, is that eight people got robbed in like 20 minutes, uh, and, and there's no fear that the cops will get there. But get a load of this. The, the, it's not just the report of it. Okay, there's people who jump out of the car at 12:15 in the morning. I mean, different. One was a, a lady. One was a couple. Just give us all your stuff, uh, and you know, jump back in the car. So then, the, the, the description is, uh, you know, guys jumped out of a of a silver or white SUV. Right now, of course, we don't identify what race the people are. We don't say what they. Even though they they probably have fairly accurate descriptions because they ran up to four different, twenty different people. Eight people, sorry. Um, eight people, 20 minutes. Um, you probably have accurate descriptions, uh, but then how many... So then here's, here, here's the comments to, to Fox. And this, you know, very, dista- very detailed description. They should be caught in no time. <laughs> wow, a new world record. Congratulations to the robbers and the victims. 
And the, 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 the next guy goes, the suspects are described as what? Thanks, I'll be sure to watch out for them in the future now that I know what they look like. And if they drive a silver white SUV of which there are only 20 models. <laughs> what, what, what are, we, are we trying to catch people or not? Um, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. And 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 even if we do, that you know, people are not uh, are, aren't going to jail for it. Hell, they're not even getting uh, having to post bail. Yeah, and then the next case in, in a lot of places. So you know, what what are we, you know, what are we doing? What do we expect? What do you expect to happen when you behave when you conduct your business that way? Um, mayor says that robbing is a civil right. I don't know if he does that, but that's another comment here. Um, you know, it's it's so interesting. I did see. Actually, I saw a bunch of cops this morning dealing with some homeless guy near the salt shed, like two squad cars full. Um, I saw all kinds of cops last week when I was trying to get back in the city when Biden's motorcade was coming by. Every corner had like 10 cops, right? So, and being belligerent about how you can't go through because it's the president, whatever. But, you know, interesting, Kevin, years ago, uh, you know, not 100 years ago, but when I bought my red pick-me-up truck out of, in Tucson when my or cleaning out my parents' house and so forth. Plus, I just I never driven like the Route 66 thing and just wanted to and drive it. And I found a pickup truck. Anyway, I got on get this thing and I drive it back. So it's in front of my house for about two weeks, and somebody steals the tailgate. And the night before, somebody broke it into a car across the street. The, the, the whole tailgate. The whole tailgate. Well, how do you te- how do you take half of it? Well, that's a good point. By the way, they come no, off. But right? I mean, that, that had to be removed from your truck. You know what? It takes about two seconds. Oh, okay. Because that, that's the beauty of a tailgate. If, when, you, when you pull it down, there's these two like wires that hold it in place. All you do is pull it back up, unhook those wires, and you just pick the thing up and off. Not okay. That, not that people know. No, I, I found that out when this happened. So, the, the, this is how we learn. Yeah. <laughs> so at the, at, the, uh, at the same time, I'm taking my little dog, Scruff, who's still alive. And Dr. J and I were still on the score at 5 a.m. So I, I, I call the uh, police, and they, of course, they don't give a crap. So I call the alderman's office, and I get some lady. And, uh, you know, beaming my, my usual rascally self, I say, I know that it's illegal to carry a handgun in Chicago. That's how long ago this was. I said, is it okay if I carry a shotgun down the street with me when I take my dog out for a walk at 4 in the morning? Oh, God, no, sir, you can't do that. And I said, well, why not? And she says, well, because you can't, it's against the law. I said, well, you know, just so you know, I don't know what he really gives a crap, police or you. I said, but there was somebody else, somebody else. It was two, car, two cars got broken into and my tailgate in the same week. But did they do it in 20 minutes' time? No, no, they probably weren't. It was not the same night, so they actually came down. Uh, you know what's even more bizarre? I think the street Well, lights, then I'm not impressed. Well, the, keep going. We know the weird part was the street lights were out. And whenever a block had an outage of street lights, they must have made a call to the crooks because everybody would be getting broken into that week before they fixed the streetlights. How would somebody know that? You know, unless, well, I guess if you're driving around enough, you'd probably find out. So I said to her, don't you understand that I'm out there at this time? Just me and my little dog, and he's not much help. He's a little, he's a 15-year-old uh, guy that can't see or can't hear. I said, now, I really don't want to walk into one of these situations blindly, and all of a sudden these guys see me and start shooting at me without me being able to shoot back. And she goes, "Well, sir, you can't do that. You can't. You can't carry a shotgun down the street." I said, "By the way, how many how many police do we have out here at that time of night?" So then this was she told me something that she probably shouldn't have said. She goes, "Well, at that time of night, we only have one squad car between the river and was Halstead or Broadway, one of the two, and Belmont and uh, North Avenue." 
And I said, well, that's interesting because at 5 to 5.30, or I mean at 4.30 to 5, I'll tell you exactly where the guy is. And she says, where? I said, they're out in front of the strip joint that John and I drive by uh, every morning to make sure the strippers make it to their cars <laughs> successfully. I don't know whether they need them or not. There's security in the place, but then again, they are strippers, and I guess they must look good or something. So she was kind of irate with that. And I said, you know, every morning when I walk out, like like 8 o'clock, I see all kinds of guys like writing parking tickets and stuff. She goes, well, she goes, well that's revenue. I said, I bet if you had a vote, had your, your constituents like me vote, you would rather have people, you'd have more people on at night when people are robbing stuff than during the gay day giving parking tickets. And she says, sir, you don't get to make that call. And I just said, maybe we should end this conversation before I get irate. She's right. I don't get. But who who, who does? Well, Kevin? you know, it's yeah. That's it's such disdain for your citizens. Yeah, uh, you, you can say for the citizens. You can say for your customers. Um, but it, it's it's that disdain. We know better than you. Uh, so shut up and and uh, and bend over. Our revenue is more important than your tailgate. Don't you get it? Well, and 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 the idea that that's revenue. No, it's tax. I mean, you can call it revenue. Yeah. That's a nicer word. It's tax. Yep. And and you know, uh, it, it, it's nothing more than that. If it's a parking ticket, it's because you have a limited amount of parking, parking, and you can't. It's because people have no, don't have the choices, and therefore you can you can charge them for it. Yep. Well, then, so then I got another quick one. This is just my just my listening on the on the weekend. This morning I'm, I, I turned. I was watching listening to Cubs just. That was interesting finish, by the way. But uh, it was great finish. Oh God, yeah. I don't know what exactly he was he was uh, reviewing those calls for, just because he had the re- just just in case. Yeah, right? he was he was just hoping. But uh, so the uh, this morning I still had um, the score, and when I turned my radio on before I kick in the other one to find what's going on in the market, uh, so they're talking about the this race, and of course the mayor has yet to say smartly on his and by the way, uh, he's yet to say whether it was a success or not. He hasn't seen the numbers. Which is, you know, which is, I think, good for him. Uh, plus, he's stuck with it for two more years, unless he can weasel out of the contract. But the uh, they were talking about, evidently, when they went on the air. I mean, I watched a little bit of it. But they went on the air. There was a big thing about Chicago sports. They talked about the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. They must have had something about the Bears. I don't know about recently. Then they had a bunch of stuff about the. Well, they didn't say they didn't say boo about the White Sox, evidently. Which you'd say, okay, well, the White Sox suck. But they won in 2005. They won 20 years closer to when the Bears won, right? So, I mean, they're, mm-hmm. de- they're deserving of a shout-out if you're talking about Chicago sports, I would think. <laughs> uh, so there's nothing about the White Sox. But what is even more bizarre about that? Oh, that's Greg because he was there. He doesn't know. See? Wait. The, the White Sox sponsored a car in the race. Oh yeah, yeah, I I, I heard that too. And, and none of the other teams Why did. Was that bizarre? And then they well they left them out of the promo. They were, oh. the, they were the only ones who gave them dough. And they left them out of the promo. Whoops. <laughs> Talk about like the, the so if there's if there's a, a horse race going on and the only. The only brokerage firm to give them any money was PTI Securities, and all they did was talk about Merrill Lynch. I'd be pissed. Just saying. Yeah, yeah and actually, oh, there it is. It, it, it's actually a pretty cool-looking car. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they did very well, but... 
Um, so how many cars actually finish, you think, Rick? <laughs> well, can, can you leave runners on base in scoring position with a car? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no matter what happens, the, the Sox end up with with eight Paul Knurkles all fighting for a spot. And I love Paul, but you only need one of them. And it, all these guys, are they all look the same. They're all power hitters, station-to-station guys. No matter what they do, they end up with that. Well, I, I would say not entirely. They have guys that can move, but you're right. They are overloaded with them. But Luis Robert can move. Yeah. Uh, Tim Anderson can move. Um, whoever's playing second base isn't isn't uh, isn't bad. But you're you're right. I mean, they have designated hitters playing in the outfield. They have designated hitters playing, you know, play first base. Um, they're they're just a poorly constructed team. I'll tell you what, I, I watched this old time again a little bit. Well, he lost yesterday. Um, I will make you a... You remember uh, Jeff Byler, the guy who played left field for us, who got signed by the Yankees in the middle of the season? Uh, vaguely, yeah. He played for, played for us a little bit at Mount Greenwood. Yeah, he ended up being a big star in softball for a long time because he was a hell of a hitter. But he had, he was a pitcher, and he had he had an arm that was like... Like, nobody had an arm like that. I mean, uh, there were guys that were more accurate and had a better release and actually threw people out. But he, he liked to show his off, and from right field, he'd wind up and he'd throw it to third base, and it was, you were lucky to hang on to it. I mean, it was one of the, he just had, you know, a God-given arm. But he also was a really good hitter, so evidently he gets drafted, and he goes down, and this is when the you know designated hitter had just kind of come in, and he goes down, and he's waiting to pitch, and he, he was there for, like, I don't know how many days before he got on the mound. So one day he walks into the batting cage and starts ripping them off in the batting cage, and the manager's like, don't ever go in that batting cage again because you're, you're a pitcher, blah, blah, blah. I will bet you, now that Otani's doing this, in the next 20 years we have 15 more guys that are pitchers that are also really good hitters will be DHs on their off day. Well, you see it in college pretty regularly. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, Rick Rushell held the batting title for Illinois, or for Western Illinois, and still does, does he still? I don't know. But, I mean, there, there have been guys that if they would have continued to hit, I think would have, and there was a DH would have, would have, would have done some. Zambrano probably would have. Yeah, I, I would say it's um, it's it, it's unusual that someone would have the athletic gift requ- uh, re- gifts required to be a major league pitcher and would have the athletic gifts required to be an excellent major league hitter. It would be unusual, but not impossible. Uh, and therefore, shutting these guys out of it early on is, I think, a mistake um, because it's a missed opportunity. And, yeah, Otani may be opening the door for that. Well, I would, reaching back, and I don't know all these guys, but I would say Bob Gibson might have been one. Bob Gibson was a particularly good hitter. Fergie Jenkins yeah. could hit. Um, so, you know, what what would they, uh, how well would they have done had they been allowed to actually work at the craft? Um, hard to say. Yeah. I mean, what was the uh, uh, George Brett brother, Ken? He was a hell of a hitter, Ken too. Brett, yeah, he could hit. What? You, so what do you, I mean, I don't know. I know this is the new baseball. And we'll talk about this in another couple minutes. The second half, we'll talk about what's going on in the world. But this is the new baseball. But it seems to me that the, that the sacks... I mean, it's it's really hard to have a bullpen, you know. I don't know that you can you can make your bullpen go three innings every single day, and make a success of it. And it seems like the, in the last ten games, the Sox have had an amazing amount of great starts for six innings, and then they can't go to the last three innings. I mean, it. I I, I don't know, Kevin. I mean, do we really need? Well, four, I, four I days had them on when they lost the lead last night, 
um, and uh, you know it's one thing to um, to give up a home run to Vlad Guerrero, but to walk the guy in front of him. Yeah. And, and I think you know I can't remember if it was on four pitches or not. Um, but what drives me crazy when I'm watching a, compa- uh, a pitcher is the non-competitive pitches. You know, the one where it's a foot outside of, uh, of the strike zone. You're not, there's not, you're not going to even tempt the guy to swing. Um, and you just make it so much easier on the batter then. Um, and that's just bad baseball. And, um, uh, you know, it, it requires bad baseball. Uh, to be a sucker for those kind of pitches. I'm talking to you, Javier Baez. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but you know, really, it's um, you know that that that's the problem that you see a lot. We saw that with the Cubs when they had their meltdown on Monday. Um, uh, what did I tell you? I think they said that, that the Cubs had over the last day, over a stretch of 18 pitches, had thrown um, uh, had thrown two strikes. And both of them were base hits. Yeah. Well, you, because because you get, if it's if it's not unless it's uh, center cut, they know it isn't even going to be competitive. And so you know, I, I guess you can run into into that as a as a group once in a while because Cubs bullpen has been very good for the most part. Um, but yeah, you're gonna you're gonna run into that, and it's it's just it it makes me shudder to watch. Yesterday when the Cubs were losing their lead, um, it was it, the it was different. It was like every ground ball that the Brewers hit found its way through yeah. the infield instead yeah. of at an infielder. Not not much of it was hit hard. What we used to say, <laughs> see, seeing eye ground ball. Yeah, and you know what? That's back in the game now. Uh, yeah. you know, with the restrictions on shifting. Uh, that that's part of the game, as it's uh, as it turns out, is you can you can just making contact, and the teams a lot for the most part the teams that are doing well are the teams that have adapted that and do make a lot of contact, um, which is another problem with the White Sox is they're they're built for the old rules, um, and and they weren't that good at the old old rules, but uh, you know I think that I think we're seeing the same thing with the Cardinals as an example, I think that team is built for the old rules and. Um, and that's not the the game has changed radically in one year's time. Well, you know what you know what, you know what hasn't changed, Kevin, and it's like you know it's not like we're experts, old, old farts talking about uh, our days about ball. But you and I played an awful lot of games. I mean, and and it, it, there's there's a few things you just mentioned. Uh, it's not the problem with Pedro Guerrero hitting a home run that's going to happen. I mean, when I would you know say the Mount Greenwood League or even the leagues up north, when a couple times I played with you guys, Vlad, Vlad not Pedro, by the way. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, different guys, yeah, different guys. <laughs> Uh, but every team, especially when you're talking, I mean, softball was a, was a, you know, it, it was a, not a, I won't say a science, but it was a people. It was a people did it. It was really important to them. And it, and every neighborhood team, it was a, it was a blue collar game, to, to a certain extent. And every team had two or three guys that could really hit the ball, or maybe maybe one or two. They could have played for a really good team, but these were their buddies and they had a real job. So there was always somebody or two that you knew who those people were. And, when, and as a pitcher, I always noticed people were. Always, but the first thing I did was I'd watch everybody's batting practice, and you could tell right away who the hitters were, right, or who had the power, not necessarily who could place it. And uh, so the, rule number one is try and hold them down to singles and doubles. <laughs> rule number two is make sure when they come up there's nobody on base. So if they do hit a home run on you, it's one and not three. I mean, that, I mean that, that has not changed in baseball since, you know, I was 18 pitching. But the other thing, Kevin, is I watched the uh, Ian Happ throw out the first guy yesterday. And 
I coached third base. We we all did, but I coached it a lot because that's where the manager usually went with the, the <laughs> they lineup. They at me because I was so indiscriminate. Oh god! But one one thing that's a, kind of a rule of thumb: if it's if you're in medium deep left field or center field, if the runner has not made it to the bag by the time the guy's winding up, you got to stop him. Unless you know, even if it's Maury Wills, you got to stop him because unless he just doesn't have enough time. If he's already tagged the bag and has made at least a step towards home, you're virtually, even if it's me running, you're going to get there. You know, but the, the guy, he waved that dude on, and not, the, not the final out of the game, but the inning before. He waved that dude on. He was two steps from third base. He had him, all the, he had him going all the way. And, you know, and that's what, just, was, what was interesting, though, that were the other side of that, though, was that Hap's ball throws were perfect. If, well, but if, if you're talking about a major throw, leaguer, I if, mean, yes. But if either throw had been a little offline, which I think more throws are than not, um, when they come in from the outfield, if it just been a little offline, guy's safe. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, at some point, you, you're going to take the chance and say the other team has to be perfect. But you are talking about major leaguers, right? It's not. I mean, I don't. Well, like and you're the, also talking about a Gold Glove left fielder. Yeah, too. and but I mean, and and, and but nevertheless. I don't want to diminish, you know, what Hap did. They were beautiful throws. Right, but that is also right on the money. But where he threw them from, I mean, I couldn't do it. Those are the easiest throws in the outfield because the catcher sees the runner and the ball. It, there's no pitcher's mound to deal with. I'll tell you what, though, the catcher, the rookie, I was I was very impressed, Kevin, because you certainly have to do it hot in softball because you don't have a mitt. You have to totally focus on the ball. Get the ball in your hands, grab it really tight. Then worry about the runner, right? You can't you can't be in the middle of screwing around with the runner while you're trying to catch it with two hands. If you have a glove, it's a little easier, a lot easier. But he he focused it on the ball, got it, looked at the guy, went down and nailed him. I mean, I thought he did a great job at catcher. Yeah, he did. He did. And and uh, same thing with the uh, the guy that was out at second, which was very humorous. On, yeah. On the- on what, the first what was, play. What was the appeal there? The guy was all he slid through oh, his way they, up. The, they, no, they appealed the whole damn thing. So, how do, how do you, you do know, that? I, I guess what, you know once once you're appealing, you can appeal every aspect of the play. And how come the one? So, so they 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 appealed rules violation for the catcher blocking home. Uh, so first of all, they appealed safer out. They appealed uh, illegal block of the plate, and they appealed the play at second because it was close, um, and, and all with one appeal. Apparently, that's the rule. <laughs> well, the, if, if either one of the first are any good, who cares? The guy's out at second. Game's over. Oh, yeah, the game's over if, if, uh, if he's safe at home. Yeah, then, then the appeal. We're not expecting everybody yeah. to watch this game. We've got to go to break. But the, then, there, then there was the one you can't appeal. So the guy nubs one off the bat up the first baseline. The pitcher goes at it, tries to get it to first, and it hits the runner. Well, the runner, everybody immediately, like on both teams, everybody immediately goes, wait a minute, the guy was way out of the base path. And sure enough, he was. And, but that's not appealable. <clears throat> Why not? It's the easiest one around. Yeah, I thought it was, but um, but I wasn't watching that part of the game. Well, your so. buddy, last, last thing, your buddy Ryan Coomer, who I think is really good, by the way, uh, at the beginning of the game, <clears throat> I'm listening to him and Pat Hughes, and he goes, Pat, look at this home bit, home plane umpire. Said you got Kyle Hendricks, and who's the guy on the other team? Uh, it wasn't Smiley. It was uh, the guy used to be on the Cubs. Tell us his name. Uh, uh, Wade Miley. Wade Miley. So he, they go. Both of these guys are always on the edge. 
So 80 to 5% of the pitches this guy's going to see today are right on the corners. <laughs> he goes, it's going to be a real rough game for him, and every team's going to be on him. And they were on him the whole game. Oh, yeah. And, and he had some egregiously bad ones. Yeah. Too. Well, then he blew the call at first base. Too. That's his call. And the first base umpire, was he wasn't there to see it. But, uh, yeah, he had someone. But, I mean, these guys were right on. The yeah. <laughs> and that all boiled up at the end when the, he threw a couple of guys, threw out the Cubs' first base coach and then threw Ross out. What, 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 was, what was that all about? Um, I think it was just all about rabbit ears. <laughs> well, but I did, it wasn't a check swing because they were, they were bitching at the first base umpire. Why would, I mean, he threw him out. Why, why would they bitch yeah. at him? Was it a check swing call? I don't know what he was bitching about. I really don't. God, that's be- that, that'd be worth re. I'd, I'd go back and read and see uh, see if they have it in the any of the uh, post game rap because it it is kind of interesting. They they just you know it's like okay we're all having a bad day here. Let's get our money's worth. God, SP futures down twenty one and futures down eighty seven. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human <coughs> resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Okay, Stacks and Jacks. I'm coming out with Greg Pampas on the board. SV Futures down 21. SV Futures down 84. Um, as they've changed their headline from little change to stock futures fall. As investors await Fed meeting minutes. Dow down 154 individual stacks. Uh, I don't really see any going on. I got one, one green one. 
in the Dow stack, Johnson Johnson's up 17 cents. Everybody else, uh, not so much. JP Morgan down 135, Microsoft down 241, Apple down 91 cents, even though they busted through 3 trillion last week. They probably sleeked a little bit under that now. Uh, Tesla down two bucks, but they were up huge all last week. Uh, UPS is still having strike problems. It stock ran up last week as if it was uh, strike was all over. Uh, the threat was all over. Now it's evidently it's not. So stock's down 264 today. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX down 77.5 percent. FTSE down 43.6. CAC around down 42.6. Uh, Europe stocks lower. Is economic gloom gloom returns? It, is that what you've got, Greg? Economic gloom? Gloom. Gloom. I like that term. Over in Asia, UK down 83. Oh, they, they've been way up, though. 0.2%. Uh, Hang Seng down 305. Back the other way. They're up 305 on Friday. That's 1.6%, but still over 19,000. 19,110. Shanghai down 22.7%. Uh, as a way of review on Monday, that was up 10. S&P up 5. NASDAQ down up 28. So it was a Inside day, as we say, right? right? An inside day. Inside. Uh, bonds unchanged. It's uh, 3.86, so they're at the higher end of their range. One down two basis points, 2.43. Japan down one at 0.38. We've got oil up again, so it's 71.16, up a buck 37. So pretty firmly to the upside of that 70 hour number, it's been going back and forth like a fish. Uh, Brent down 19 cents, 76.06. Natural gas up six cents, 277. Arbob up five cents, 251. We've got gold. Up 450, 1934, trying to get at least back to 1950. We'll see if it makes it. Silver down 10 cents, 23 even. We got copper down 5 cents, 372. Bitcoin up down, I'm sorry, down 290, 30,436 as it continues to hang in there over 30,000. Uh, U.S. dollar uh, slightly to the upside. The euro down uh, three basis points, but that's not much. 109 is the number there. And uh, the pound 127, so not much going on with the dollar. What do you got for us, traffic, weather, sports, and your, and your weather thing that I screwed you on? Oh, yeah. You chopped my legs right out from under me. Yep. <laughs> now with the gloom, boom, and uh, doom July 5th traffic and weather. Yeah. 72 degrees in Chicago today, high of 84, uh, unhealthy air, 119 uh, air quality index, and 90% chance of rain after 3 o'clock today here. Tomorrow we got a 50% chance of rain also. Down in Phoenix. Uh, clear skies, 88 degrees currently. High of 110 later on. Uh, they have also unhealthy air. It's a 84 quality index there. Inbound Kennedy, Montrose to the interchange. We've got uh, 28 minutes. Inbound Ike from Wolf to the interchange. We have 29. Inbound Stevenson to the I-294 to the interchange is 25. Uh, sports, Cubs win at Milwaukee in 11, 7-6. Jays beat the White Sox 4-3, uh, and Mets beat the Diamondbacks 8-5, and in the most important uh, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, Mickey Sudo ate 39 and a half hot dogs to win the women's mustard belt, and Joey Chestnut won again, eating 62 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. Um, He's not even a big guy. The last time he lost was in 2015. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. He's not even a big dude. Well, <laughs> he's he's uh he the only time he lost I think in the past I don't know twenty years is like t to uh, Matt Stoney in twenty fifteen. Really? Yeah, he's he's a beast. <laughs> God. And Better. the weather I think I mean the weather didn't really let him go. His record is seventy six. He only got to uh, sixty two this year. So 
Oh, God. You know. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I, I heard an interview with a judge. They get um, yellow cards and red cards. For what? Well, yellow is if you don't eat the whole thing. Then oh, you right. raise the yellow. And red is if you barf. Oh, God. If you barf any out, then you don't. it doesn't count. If you're, you're tossed. You out for the next game, too, or just that game? Yeah. <laughs> it's a suspension. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> God. Hey, uh... Uh, by the way, economic gloom. Uh, what do you think, rock band? Uh, I took that from what's his name, Mark yeah. Faber, the gloom, uh, boom, and doom report. Okay. Well, because we, we we go that would be like a a death metal band or something like that, or uh, possibly a softball team. An yes. angry Austrian who writes a newsletter yeah. from, or maybe a Swiss. I don't know. Well, our buddy Hal Snar is big on Austrian economics. It's it's a whole branch of economics. <coughs> it's kind of. It's a little bit of a libertarian sort of, I don't know that much about it, but it's kind of, I don't know, I won't say it's between monetarism and Keynesianism, but... No, it's farther than monetarism. There, yeah, there's, there's... Some people, if you're really, really a monetarist, um, like I am, you could actually, matter of fact, I was, my guys at the Fed, one night I was telling them there is no such thing as Keynesianism. And they, of course, were outraged because these guys were all economists, right? Swiss. Mark Faber is Swiss, excuse yeah. me. Uh, well, is that the same? Is the Swiss economics the same as Austrian? Probably pretty cl- Well, I don't know. If they're, they're closely yeah. doing me. Their economics is the same. Well, it's Swiss. It has some holes in it. Yeah. Oh, God. So, so Kevin, I, uh, as, this, as we keep working on this inflation stuff, some things, uh, obviously, when you talk about this topic, I like to listen to the people around me and what their uh, thoughts are on it. And and it's funny on the news, just like the description of the guy earlier. We, you know, I'm going to say we don't we don't want to know what his race is. We don't want to know what kind of car it really is. But then we want to catch him, right? I mean, come on. I mean, we really don't. I mean, do you really want to catch him or don't you? The answer is no. Uh, so, you know, everybody looks at the price of gas and the price of chicken and God knows what else. Our oh, inflation's this way or that way, and how how much it's. I think in one way you can look at it and say the inflation in some areas has kind of stopped. Uh, when I say the inflation, the rate of change of prices has sort of stopped. But I don't think, since most, when you start talking about stuff you don't buy all the time, I don't think the reality has set in to most people. And I'll give you an example. It didn't set in to me. <laughs> I talk about it every friggin' day. I, I went out and priced, well, I got my guys came over, I put windows in the whole building. It was the only place it did was on the second floor. So I get the guy over, all right, we haven't done these measure them out, let's go to our usual guys, let's price them out. So my man me- measures them out, goes to the guy, and he, then he calls me in the area, he goes, hey, they just sent you the quote. Gee, if you got you got to talk to these guys, I mean, it's way more than last time. And I'm going, it's like 2800 bucks for the front one, two windows and a picture window. And I'm thinking, I think last time it was like 1800 There's an extra window here, so it's a little bit, so instead of 40% higher, it's more like 30 or 32, which is right about where I think the inflation is, actually. And, uh, of course, he wants 1500 to put him in this time versus 1200 the time before. And I go, what are you, 1200 last time? He goes, yeah, deflation. All right, I get it. 1500 is still a pretty good price. It's okay. So now I'm up to 4400 you know, plus lunches and other stuff for this. And uh, last time, I'm going to say it was three grand, 3100 So, of course, my nephew knows guys that are in, does, do this kind of stuff. So I mentioned this at Sunday dinner at my brother's. I go, you know, these guys are up. And, I, of course, I went back and found the receipt, thinking it was years ago. It was actually 2021 when I put the ones in on the, on the top floor. So it's not that long ago. And uh, 
which is exactly my spot, 30 to 35% is the inflation since middle of 2020. And uh, so my nephew goes, what are you waiting for? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, "That's they must all like you. <laughs> That's the best deal. It'd be 7500 if you just called somebody up, maybe eight grand. If they're going to give you all those winners for 2800 the guy's going to put them in for fifteen and going to do a good job. Don't don't lose your opportunity. I'm like, okay, then. <laughs> so you're sitting here feeling like, oh, <laughs> what yeah. an increase. I'll have to think about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and your nephew is saying, what are you, an idiot? <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, what are you, an idiot? <laughs> get, get it done. You know, I, I tell you what, you talk to people out, I mean, uh, Audrey's friends, we had a nice dinner the other night, and, and uh, well, Nancy was there. Nancy was on the show, and Nancy's terrific. We're talking about a bright lady. Uh I mean, she goes, she goes, people, especially people, you know, that are not 25, they are stunned at the price of, like, a roof or windows or anything done around your house. God help you if you need, like, a new sliding glass door or something. I mean, she goes, these people, they're in total shock of where these prices have gone in the last three, four years. I mean, the idea, if you ask somebody who's 70-some years old. I got a neighbor who's paying, uh, I think, 11 for a big window. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the the idea, the concept of a seventy-five, eighty, ninety thousand dollar roof. Somebody, what do you mean, eighty grand for a roof? What are you out of your friggin' mind? That's what they are. And, and any kind of a you know a nicer house, if you put a nice roof on, we're not talking about asphalt shingles. But I mean, Kevin, I don't I don't think people have even they're, they're just. And you know what I'll say? I had a. Uh, well, and that's that that's really services in general. Yeah. Services of all kinds are way up. Well, the I had a uh, this is my own personal experience. Back in '89, uh, I bought a '89 uh, Toyota Extended Cab pickup, four cylinder, five speed, nice little truck, really nice little truck. I remember writing the checkout to the guy. I was fourteen nine, including tax. So the other day, I'm kind of in the market for a new truck, so I'm looking around. I go, maybe I'll look at the Toyotas, and I look at Toyota Tacomas, and of course, this uh, car gurus. All I got to do is look once, and they start they start firing all the trucks at you. Kevin, nine, no, I don't want an 89, but in 95, 96, 98, 94, 120,000 miles on them, 18 grand, 17 grand, 19 grand, they're, they're more than, than I, the check I wrote. Wait, really? <laughs> I mean, I, I, how, how the hell can they be costed more than they did back then? Is it just they're earning around? No, I, I, bought, I bought my car with 30,000 miles on it, but I bought it. Right at the right spot of the pandemic. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, so it was after all, uh, you know, everything was shut down. Nobody was traveling. And when the rental car companies all figured out that uh, that this was going to last for a long time, they started dumping their fleets onto the market. Yeah, but now, now of course, uh, we go to rent Because they yeah. just wanted to turn, you know, they're not earning assets, so they wanted to turn them into cash. And uh, um, so uh, so I, I got a car for less than 12000 bucks with 30,000 miles. Wow. Uh, well, you could probably sell it now for way more. I, I probably could. But yeah, then I'd have to buy one but for I mean, way I, more. <laughs> so. Well, but it, it's enough in my, as I, I go through this, and as somebody who, was very involved in, I won't say the first time, but the, the previous big-time inflation that most people remember in the late 70s, early 80s. This is this is so much different, Kevin, and people keep talking about, last time we did this, last time... It's not the same. It is absolutely not the same. And uh, a matter... I don't know how, where, where that message is ever going to go other than this show, but 
I mean, you, I think, after listening to me too, ad nauseum, I think think I'm right about this. It's it's a whole different program. How it's become so embedded and so many so many more industries are so concentrated now that it's it's never going to end. I mean, I, and I, you know, I, I think it's, yeah, prices are not going down. And Dan Janitas, who I think is brilliant, he'll talk tomorrow. And, and, and yeah. real, but real wages aren't going to match it. For it, it's going to, you know, if if you get a real wage increase, you're going to need about ten years of those yeah. just to catch up. Just to catch up, and I don't, and I don't think you're, I don't think you can catch up. I don't see how you, you you're never going to catch up. When I say you, the average person is never going to catch up to the twenty thousand dollar four hours of tests in a hospital day. It's just not going to happen. You're never going to have that kind of cash laying around to write that check and say, "What's the problem?" I mean, you, you. Uh, that's we talked about this. Uh, you know, it's which not- which is amazing because I w- I am pretty sure that Obamacare fixed all of oh, yeah. everything about health care and the way we pay for Especially it. Especially the part where uh, the you know the, the doctors the, and the, even how the doctors don't make the dough, the administrative people do. We, we were talking about uh, education, and it's at some point. I mean, it's, you, you have to. If, when you look at your statistics, Kevin, and you say all of a sudden you look at a, a softball team, well, this guy's doing this, and that guy's doing that. Man, we're good. What do you mean? We've got our ass kicked the last twenty games. We can't be that good. I mean, some some place you have to you have to draw back, and you have to say, are these numbers we're getting? Is the message we're getting? Is it worth the crap? And somewhere along the line, you look at. Uh, you know the hospital night stay now in Chicago is like it's like eleven grand or something just for the for the night stay, and I'm going to say that in uh, the year two thousand it was probably two thousand, maybe if that maybe it was like fifteen hundred. You can't you can't come back from that. Same way with with education. I mean you the the the, the difference between you know, I was mentioning it to actually Nancy and uh, the other night at dinner, and I said you you can't say when we were in school, when we were in school, uh, uh, the cost of a Notre Dame education was essentially one fifth of the one fifth to maybe one sixth of the median family income, and now it's 130 percent of the median family income. You can't do that. Same way with an automobile, well, and, you know. and, and and then can, especially uh, on margin, uh, because you're comparing it to a lot of. Um, uh, a lot of jobs now that don't require a college education. Yeah. Uh, so when you start to compare on margin, it's not going to pay back either. Well, in many cases, in many cases, it's not going to pay back. Well, the the payback argument, you know, we've had a bunch of times. But the point is, how how does it even get that way? I mean, how, what what possible, how possibly could it be? You know, three nights in a hospital is equal to somebody's whole year's salary, them and their wife. But I mean, how can you even consider that as being equal? I mean, how does some guy going to class three hours a day for three quarters of the year, or four hours a day, three quarters of the year, and having you know for an hour at a time, four hours? How does that even remotely equate to two people working eight hours a day? When, when you're not, when you're not, if one thing, if 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 somehow or another the, the professors had to be so genius, they're all making a million dollars. I don't think Kevin, if they all made a million dollars, and you just paid the professors in like a regular classroom that you could even remotely come close to the numbers they're paying now. Where, where is so, all the dough So how, how did this happen, Tom? I mean, it, it, it's, it's been bad for a long time, and it's been bad in large part 
uh, for for I think two reasons. Um, one is that we've developed this mentality that everyone should go to college. Now you were talking the other day about the idea that going to college is an enrichment activity. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Not necessarily even for a degree, just to take some courses. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm on board with that. And in fact, between that and our ability to read, yeah, you know, and and, and learn things on our own, or inability, um, or, yeah, or inability. Yeah, I, I think I think all of that makes sense. So I, I want to set aside the philosophical reasons, and I'm talking about it from a practical standpoint. From, um, uh, for looking at that the idea that everyone should go to college is just it, it's it, it's nonsense it's an idea that is pushed by people who went to college you know but the i but but we're we're not encouraging people to learn trades we're not encouraging people to learn to do things it, you know you can it, maybe trades are on the way out over the long haul cool i get that but that doesn't mean we don't need people who know how to repair the robots and know how to provide service on the robots that we're using in, uh, to automate our manufacturing processes. That doesn't mean that we, you know, that that you need um, a college education to be a good purchasing agent. Uh, or, you know, and and you can tick down the list. There are some things that absolutely require it, and there are other things that don't. And we push this idea that everybody should go to college, and then on top of it, it should be free. You know, this is like the Bernie Sanders approach. Well, it's, never free. It's it should, be should be free. Should be included. It, never free. Well, no. They, they, there's long been a push for free college. But it's but it's it's free to you, but it means your taxes go way up to pay for it. So it's oh, yeah. No, to, somebody's I mean, got to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we understand that. Um, but the next best thing was, well, we'll just make plenty of money available for everybody to be able to do it. Right. And uh, and and by doing that, then, um, you know, th- then we have it nailed. And so we did that with student loans. So we passed legislation during the Obama administration to uh, national, basically nationalize the student loan system um, and uh, guarantee that ju- anybody could get it. It was easy money, easy to get. And at the same time, um, <laughs> at the same time, uh, uh, we, they can't discharge the debt in, in bankruptcy. So if you get overburdened with it or it's not working out, you're just kind of screwed. You owe the money. So now we just want to forgive it altogether we're back to free college in you know with the same caveat that somebody's got to pay for it somewhere but now we're saying to the people who either have already paid off their loans or the people who have um or continuing to pay them uh or people who didn't send their kids to college young people who didn't go to college and went right to work we're saying all of you have to kick in and pay for everybody's uh, student loans that they agreed to to take on when they went to college well this is this is our system this is what we've done and we've done it largely via government well you also have a, a creep i'm gonna we don't have much time here but I'm gonna lots of creeps but okay. uh, yeah there's a creep it's sort of like cars are the same way I mean, now you, you, you couldn't sell a car without a backup camera. You couldn't sell a car without this. You couldn't sell... I mean, in college, I mean, when we went, I mean, basically Morrissey Hall was an army barracks, for lack of a better term. We had army cots, army blankets. You had a sink in the room. You had to walk down the hall to use the bathroom, right, and take a shower. Okay, so... Sometimes you had to run down the hall sometimes to use you had, the bathroom. Yeah, sometimes you had to run. And uh, so the... 
the uh, the idea was it cost a thousand bucks. You went over to the dining hall. It was always food was always halfway decent. You know, it was dining hall food. We had two you had chicken. You always had potatoes. You always had vegetable. You always had something. It was no, nobody died, right? Uh, breakfast was all okay. Along the, there were times. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I don't know how they. I went back before one of my reunions. I had one of the hamburgers. I've never. T- it is such a distinctive taste. The hamburger. I don't know what they did to those burgers, but anyway. So now, but now you go. I mean, and now all of a sudden, somebody like Audrey stayed with me at one of the reunions, and she's like, "I would let, I would never drop my daughter off here for God's sake." Going down the hall to the basement, Audrey was horrified. And uh, so now, Northwestern, the room and board is sixteen grand. I think everybody's got like an apartment. Of course, two girls share a bathroom or whatever. I mean, it, 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 so now this is what's expected. Well, of course, you're not going to be able to deliver that to somebody for a thousand dollars a year, even if you, even if you did this, you know, if you kept everything the same. But and now the the, the uh, dining hall in Notre Dame. God bless. I went in there, Kevin, a few years ago. I don't know how I ended up in the dining hall. There's there's the Mexican station. There's the Sunday station. There's the salad bar. It it it, it looks like they eat pretty well. Yeah. It's like the there's but there's no way you're dropping that on anybody for a grand. It's like a car. I mean, I, I would like to buy an old pickup. I don't want any of that crap. Well, what's what's the formula for inflation, Tom? Well, it, it becomes. Sort of inspect what, money. How, did, oh, how money, is it cost? It's, it's, every, you pour money in, into the system. What did, what did Milton Friedman say? You pour money into the system. It is going to find a way to be spent to drive up prices, yep. etc. And yep. that's what we have done. Yes, that's what we did with you know with student loans. That's what we have done with all kinds of grants. I'm all in favor of private grants and private organizations doing scholarships and, and grants. I just don't know that we should have the government in the business. Well, I, I, I would agree. I'm not so sure the colleges should be in it. They should just, they should just offer the service at a price. Well, they're they're doing the same thing as the healthcare industry. Yeah. The pricing is is variable from one person to the next. So they're in violation of antitrust laws, sure just they're. like everybody else. Well, that's another, we didn't cover that. We'll cover that a little bit on Friday. Is we've we've talked through everybody on the show. This the the, the idea of uh, prosecutorial. Uh, whatever selection or whatever you want to call it, discretion. Discretion. You can do whatever they want. Now it's to the point where you don't pay attention to the Supreme Court. You don't pay attention. Everybody does whatever they damn well please. I mean, even Chicago, we're not we're not arresting anybody here. I mean, well, something they'll say they're doing better, but uh, I now the the, the, the uh, but you know what, Kevin, this is not new. I'll say this real quick because because Russell's coming on. He doesn't want to hear it. Uh, CBOE floor left to their own devices. I'm going to say regular people. You are not the least concerned about if you saw Greg Pappas doing something sleazy of calling a floor official on him. Because you knew that's not the way you want the business to run. Now, member firms could do whatever they damn well please. Merrill Lynch, Smith Barney, they could they could do an illegal cross anytime they wanted. Because all of a sudden, as the exchanges competed, those firms, the, the how well you, how how much you pursued the regulations and the rules was part of the competition process. If you don't let me cross the crap here, I'm crossing on the Amex. Then everybody goes, man, you can't do that. We're losing business. So it's the same thing now. If you're big enough, if you're the drug companies, you can abuse all you want. If you're hospitals, you, if you're big enough, you are no longer subject to rules in this country. But it's not like it just happened yesterday. Which which makes judicial appointments uh, very very important in presidential races, and because you, then you have a chance. The only way you get a chance to to fight back 
is things like the the decision from the uh, district court in Louisiana that uh, issued a uh, um, uh, order that uh, all kinds and, and it named names. I mean, this thing it it wasn't just departments. They went down and named people's names and said, "You may not collude with social media companies. You may not be in contact with them to control." messaging because then it becomes a first uh, first amendment violation so this is a restraining order while the course of, uh, while the, uh, case is being heard we'll talk about that on yeah. friday you might even get lou to talk about that and then the other little bit of news that we need to consider is the chinese co government uh putting uh, export res uh, restrictions on a couple of uh, minerals or uh, metals that are used in chip making um, I'm going to so, say that, I'm going to say that the metals probably come from here originally, and then they we just sent them over there. So well, no, they actually most of them are produced in China, but they uh, 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 one of them can be mined in the U.S. We just don't like to. Okay, well, Kevin, take care of yourself till Friday. SP futures down 24, and Nasdaq futures down 99. We're leaking here some. Be right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. 
Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands. But you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. Greg Pappas on the board. All kinds of things going on over on the board. It's Serbs. SP Futures down 24. NASDAQ Futures down 99. Do we have the Professor? Professor? Professor is here. He's somewhere. He's somewhere. Well, when you, when here, you... I'm here. Sorry, no. I had I had a a little family thing going on that that pulled me away from my phone for a minute. I apologize. Good uh, morning. What's going on? Well, they all served you breakfast and everything. You know, made... no. It, trust me, it's it was it was just a you know something I had to talk to somebody about. That's all I got to say. All right, we're going to okay. leave it at that. All right, you, 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 you know, know it's none of your damn business. How's that? Well, you know, your your view in everybody's everybody's eyes is is gone up dramatically since you have the little little bulldog. By the way. Every, everything's sure you're spectacular now, even more so than before. Everyone likes dogs. Yeah. They have to. That's if you ever, I mean, in my neighborhood, if you ever want to get like a, at any age, if you want to get a date, just walk around with a dog. Somebody will like the dog, and then you say, well, you know, you rescued the dog, and by the way, the dog has this problem and shows your softer side. It's, it's very effective, Greg. You should go borrow a dog and walk, walk around with one, see how so it works for you. Kind of allergic. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I go to the dog <laughs> beach sometimes just to watch. Just the way I would say, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, my neighborhood is, is, is dog is doghood. But you, you see, the they're going to be calling you, Russells, now that you have a reputation at DuPage. With the the economy's causing all these dogs that were that were adopted during the COVID, all come back. They they're, they're, they even got rid of the adoption fees for like a month, so people can buy and get animals. Plus, people are turning in like animals that aren't even dogs or cats. I can't go down that road. Yeah, that's that's something that. You know what? What compels you to take it back? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, it's not like a DVD player. Well, one of the uh, it's outdated. I won't say I won't say Daffy. One of the shall we say uh, s- spice of living girls that work in the bar downstairs. A couple of them are these uh, vet techs. Russell, I can't see you with this. One of them has. She's up to. I think she got three or four kids. Up to like six dogs, three cats, a seventy-pound tortoise. And 70 t- pound tortoise yeah, and a 10 pound tortoise so I got a video we should actually put it out in the the thing lives in the garage he's fine he's happy he loves kale and he they, but, the, <laughs> but those things they're not that slow you got a video but the guy's hoofing along pretty good I mean he could make it to the well, end I of the block the tortoise yeah but they're not, it's not like they're uh-huh. I mean, you know it's they're not I mean you could certainly let's put it this way they can walk almost as fast as a, as a person walks when they feel like it I mean, you could lose. You could lose the guy. He could be down the block. Somebody say, "Hey, your tortoise is down here." It's not like he's, he's going to go five <laughs> feet and that's it. They showed this guy moving out of the garage out there into this kale pile, and he's moving along pretty good. I'm going. Plus, he's seventy pounds. What do you do with that thing? Mm-hmm. Other than feed him, I, I, I don't know. I'm sure he's got some sort of personality and some sort of fun to have around that that you and I would never pick up on. Well, plus he's going to outlive everybody. What do they live? Hundred some years. Oh what do you God. do with him? What do you think about that? Yeah. It's like it's like getting a parrot. The, the story, the stories they could tell. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, they could talk about when they used to, 
angle, you know, Amber slowly down to the corner and and get you know a, a, a pop for five cents. Oh God! <laughs> and they could and they could even open the thing. You know, they could pop it right open with their mouth. They didn't even need an opener. We were talking earlier, uh, Russell, they were about tough like that. Yeah. We were talking earlier. You know, I, 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 I always am a kind of this inflation kick because I don't think a lot of people are, are zeroed in on it. I mean, you and I sort of are, but I, I'm stunned at when people are con- are declaring it kind of over. It, you know, and, may, and maybe it is. I actually think the rate of change it probably is over a little bit. But the stunning yeah. thing I was talking about getting new windows earlier from two years ago, and they're up thirty five. Oh yeah, no, I was I I was listening to that. <laughs> I mean, it's. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's stunning what what some of the services and what what people uh, you know what plumbers will charge and so forth and how much people want per hour and with the traffic the way it is how much just to get something fixed it's you know five six seven hundred bucks when the guys are twenty minutes it's it's really I I don't know if most people are ready for that certainly if you're on fixed income you're not. You're you're not ready for the the little surprises that come along in life that you. Uh, and this, when I say this, this is, uh, it, it, I wish I could sound completely sarcastic when I say this, but, uh, you know, the, the kind of things that you should have, you know, uh, you, you should have some money set aside for, for, you know, those sorts of, uh, surprises. Like you need new windows or my, uh, I, I refer to my sister down in Memphis every once in a while who, uh, they told her she needed a new hot water heater. Uh, until the second opinion just flipped a valve and everything was okay, yeah. and that and that, and then she suddenly realized I got to save up for things like this. You know, she she dodged a bullet on that one because, um, of course, the first guy wanted you know three times the cost of one of those things. Um, yeah, th- I mean, th- those th- uh, are those the kind of maintenance things that just get put off because nobody can afford them anymore. Yes. Do we, do we, does everything start to deteriorate? Well, you know, funny you should mention it. Has everything already started to deteriorate? I, you know, I, I think I think Russell it goes back to you and I. I mean, I was around more at the at the time around more. I was when when I actually had at Pullman. I had a I was covered by, well, you know, the defined benefit pension plan. Yeah, it was one of the last yeah. ones, and now of course they all got overfunded during the seventies, and people essentially stole the overfunding. And I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you know that story, but uh, uh, yeah, you know, I mean the the overfunding is property of the company. Uh, but they can't ever change. It, the, is, I, it is legally. I no, I understand. I I understand that they shouldn't have touched it. But actually, actually, you know what? Also, I'm, this, unfortunately, this, the laws are set up where if if your if your pension fund is overfunded by too much. In fact, in the first Wall Street, they even say. That the pension funds overfunded, and they get to you know get to keep some of that money when they're buying out the airline toward the end. Okay. Um, All right, now what you just said, what you said there, that, is very specific. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know if you knew yeah. you just did it, because your company, like if 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 Russell was Pullman Corp, if it was Russell mm-hmm. Corp, and you went into the period of, in the late seventies where your pension group, your pension board, because one of the ladies I used to date, who's a good friend of mine. She was on the Pullman Pension Board. And the first thing you did was you say, okay, we're going to make 3%. That's our number. Then you go to the actuaries and you look at all the people and you say, all right, how many of these people are going to be 65 in whatever many years? So you get that number, and based on that calculation, Pullman would have to put that much money per year in the pension fund. So those were the the three variables, basically. I mean, you know, I mean, so the... uh, 
so all of a sudden, instead of making 3%, the money they've got in fixed income is making 10, 11, 12. So at the time, and this is this is the late 70s, Pullman has got $50 million in there that's overfunded, all right, at the time. Uh-huh. Now, Pullman can't take the dough, okay, but if if Russell's other firm buys Pullman, yeah. you, you can revalue yeah. the fund, and what you can do is you buy each and every person. You get me a, an annuity that equals what I would have gotten at Pullman, and it's cost X. But, oh, by the way, you've got three grand in the fund for for Tom Howe, who's been here three years now. He doesn't get vested until he's five. You have to vest him right away, but now you can you can buy this thing for, for five grand or whatever it is, and that'll cover you. So if you go down the line, just for each and every person, and the excess now you can take. That's That's why Pullman was one of the first... The takeover had nothing to do with people wanting a railroad car manufacturer. It had to do with raiding the pension fund. That it was like the first one like that. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, I mean, a lot of the listeners probably, when you're, you're not going to think about it, you're not going to care about it, but you wonder yourself, hey, why the why the bleep did United Airlines all of a sudden become UAL Corp? Yeah. U- UAL no, Corp, yeah. Because so yeah. the, they were able to siphon off the, the essentially the, the overfunding of the pension fund. But so we end up with this 401k deal. You know, the 401k deal basically was how many years ago Russell was. Well, Russell's—I uh, won't say your grandpa, but your dad—is not going to have a pension. He's going to have Social Security. He's not going to have a pension, but he's going to put this into this 401k, and maybe if he's got a good company, they're going to match something, which is nice. So at the end of the day, he's going to come out with because I—all these people in the 90s were coming in. That's where all my client base was was people listening to me on the mm-hmm. air and coming in and saying, Mom and Pop would come in. They'd say, we worked at you know XYZ. And w- the number was always somewhere between a million and a million three. No matter what it was, that's where the law was. So if you actually did the stuff, put in the maximum, you were a million, million three. Okay, so now you've got your house is paid off. You've got, say, a million. Make it easy. You put the money in the bank, you're going to get 30 to 35 grand out of the bank risk free. This is before you know, you're forced to put it in Tesla and all the other crap. And op- so you're going to get Social Security, you and your wife are going to make 35 on Social Security, and you're going to make 35 on a risk free loan on your, on your stuff. So you got 70 grand a year coming in. You own the house. It's good for a roof every 10 years, a car every five years. You're good to go without being in stocks, without being in anything. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, now all of a sudden, I don't know. You're not making three and a half percent at the bank. You're making one, and for a while you were making nothing. So now you're getting the Social Security plus. You're making ten thousand now. Fortunately, if you threw the money at the market because you chased return and you changed your risk curve, which I don't know if I would have recommended, but obviously it was successful if you did. Uh, you made dough if you put it all on Apple twenty years ago. Clearly, you're way ahead of the game. But that wasn't the deal, Russell. The deal was you're going to have. 55 to 60 grand a year if you play the game and paid off your house and that's going to be enough. Well, that person's not ready for $10,000 sliding door or a $80,000 no. roof. We're not even close. No. No. No, absolutely not. Um one of uh one of Mary Beth's mom's friends is is kind of on a fixed income and uh needs needs some help around stuff like that. We we literally broke into her condo a couple of weeks ago and uh, the number of things like that that need to be taken care of is uh probably the cost of 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 a car 
<laughs> just you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I'm I'm just wondering if as inflation has gone along, if uh, yeah, if if the what we would normally consider things that need to get done, if we put them off as long as we possibly can. Oh yeah, you you, you put the roof off until it's leaking in your head, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't. You know who's yeah. uh, I think yeah. I think Russell, if you were to interview people, um, as to what. I mean, we could have a huge debate on this, I'm sure. If you interview people of, of who really has their thumb on the pulse of the economy, I was stunned. I, when, I, when I bought this... Strippers? Oh, it's strippers. Greg <laughs> says, uh, probably. Uh, but when I bought, my, I bought this truck, I, I found it in, in Grand Rapids, right? The one I have now, it's starting to go. Um, I go up there and I see the guy, and of course he had to do some work on it. And, uh, so I drive back from Grand Rapids, I drive back up. It's, the guy comes in and meets me on a Saturday. He's normally closed on a Saturday. Well, so I drive up early Saturday morning, and I'm, they had this little street fest. So I had to drive through the neighborhood. And it's amazing what you can observe, Russell. I mean, you, you observe this stuff as you get older. I don't know why, but uh, I'm looking at all these houses, and they're all uh-huh. essentially wood frame homes. And I could just tell they're all upkeep. All the grass is cut. They're all painted. They all look nice. And I look, and every roof looks like it has some kind of a divot in it. And maybe the front windows look a little... So I get this idea that, you know, everybody's upkeeping the place, but they really don't have the money to get the new roof, to get the new pick. So I start talking to the uh, the guy in the, ins- in the used car lot, I'm telling you, those guys, they have their finger on the pulse of their neighborhood. they better than uh-huh. anybody. So the guy, we end up having, imagine this with me, we end up having like a two-hour conversation after I bought the truck. If I already paid you, 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 you were able to talk to somebody you didn't know for two straight hours Easy, like easy, that. easy. We were talking I, economics yeah. in the neighborhood. The guy was saying, he goes, you know, you're very perceptive. I go, thanks. He goes, look around you. He said, all these people used to work in the uh, office furniture business. They're making 25 oh. 30 bucks an hour. He goes, all of a sudden, everybody gets laid off. Those places all leave. He said, well, mm-hmm. the economy's gotten better, and now everybody's back working pretty much. But now it's at eighteen to twenty-two dollars an hour. So you've got a job, yeah. but you're twenty-five, thirty percent less. And he goes, "It's interesting. If you drove drove through the neighborhood, did you notice?" He says to me, did, "Did you notice how many roofs need to be replaced?" I go, "Yeah, I actually sort of did." He goes, "Nobody can afford one. They got the yeah. place. They keep the grass cut. It's clean, but no, no, you can't do that on twenty-five on, on eighteen bucks an hour. You can do that at thirty bucks an hour." Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's no, no. I, I'm totally. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So what, um, when you bring this into your classes, though, this kind of observation is worldly. Do people look at you like, wow? I, now I know I paid the tuition to talk to this guy, or do they say, where's he? Where's this guy getting this stuff? You know, I don't think I get that granular on on you know how things work in the world. I I, I you know since I'm teaching finance. Uh, I spend more time on just encouraging everybody to try to sock away as much money as they possibly can for you know, the, for retirement more than anything else. Um, I probably should be encouraged. I, I just don't, you know, with an undergrad, and, and I'm not going to be teaching undergrads anymore, but with an undergrad, it, it you know, replacing the roof doesn't really resonate very well. So uh, or is that a you know you, do, you see what I mean? It, yeah. It, it just like you know they're 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 thinking about uh, how much money they're how much they're going to be able to drink this coming weekend. Well, I, 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 can about, I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, but I, I try my the one thing I try to hit them on that they roll their eyes at me is 
uh, trying to you know save as early as possible, uh, which is which I get through to a few people because they they've all started you know the ones that just graduated have been starting jobs this summer and I've gotten probably half a dozen. Uh, what should I do with my 401k elections and my company matches to buy the company stock? What should I do with it? Yeah, I'm getting those questions, which is really good. What what, what do you? Uh... They want advice. Um, I tell on the well, it, this one one person's working at a company that that's uh, very much of a, 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 a you know a Dow type company. Uh, that's going to perform in line with the U.S. economy. So I told that I said, "Well, match what they'll let you match for the stock, the, but for whatever." And I always tell them just to put money in different in, in stock funds. So, so, so what you ought to do for for the 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 four hundred one k part is put money into something that's like Nasdaq oriented or something that's technology oriented because they've got forty or fifty years. Yeah, uh, I, I would, to, I would agree. From that, so that, that's typical. I mean, that's the the very high level answer on that one. Um, but yeah, go ahead and ma- match the company stock, look at what the company does, and then if you can in your 401k, uh, try to diversify away from the company as much as possible. If this person had worked for Google, I would have told them to put, you know, to, to maybe take a look at a small cap fund or something different, but just try to, to you know, diversify themselves away. Like what I even it? took their company. I took their company stock and I looked at the correlation between um, it and small caps technology stock uh, to technology and the S&P 500 and the highest correlation was the S&P 500 the lowest was technology stocks and that's why I told them the Nasdaq. We had a, a, a I, I, did, I even did I even did the numbers. I had a we had a client that came in uh came to one of our seminars. The guy had a bunch of those. We had a, well, came we had a seminar. We you know been a client for a while. He was older when we were younger he, and he we're having lunch over at the remember the Excelsior and yeah. uh, and was, so we're having lunch and the guy says to me you know my kids are good kids but they just don't get it and I go of course every old person says that right yeah and uh and he says they both work for one of these that bomb places he goes they both work there okay they've got a mortgage and they've got car payments on two cars their and retirement is all in this company's stock and oh by the way they live in a neighborhood where 60% of the people work for the company they have no idea how deep they in with this are in with this place and how they have no no diversity whatsoever in any piece of their life <laughs> and they're happy yeah. with it, you know but I, I've we've had we had a couple people here that had massive amounts of money in in, a, in dot bomb places and uh, matter of fact talk about a, a wacky story I guess it's beyond time so I could, I could mention it this guy and his this guy has a huge chunk of whatever Dan would know my brother right? some dot bomb company right so the guy puts all his money here and he's selling puts in the company because he wants to buy more stock now he's all they're cash secured so it's not like you know it's not like uh, well they started out cash secured so they, they get divorced and mm-hmm. they both leave their account here and the wife starts talking to my brother and he's all, we're always into protection stuff so my brother says you know you guys got a lot in this one stack it's a it's a concentration issue it's you know you, you know you got you have a concentration issue basically you got mm-hmm. one stack so she ends up uh buying puts to protect herself and diversifying a little bit the guy wants no part of it he's just doing he won't listen to anybody and that that you know and it's mm-hmm. his he ends up he had 
the original account was like three million bucks. So they split it down the middle. The wife's got a million and a half. She pays attention to my brother. When and then eventually she got married again, moved somewhere. But anyway, they they moved, took the money out. She left with like a million four because the company went out of business. The guy went out with a seventy-five hour check <laughs> because he was all in one spot. But it, the worst story, yeah. the worst story was Bear Stearns. They were head oh, over. Oh, I know. Cause, yeah, oh they, my gosh. they were head over heels. But th- th- it was almost a badge of honor to have your entire 401k in, in Bear Stearns stock. Mm-hmm. Without, I mean, I went to an economic club in Chicago uh, dinner. You remember Jim Tyree? Uh-huh. Well, Jimmy was a friend of mine, and Jimmy was one of the nicest people I've ever come across. And what a, what a great manager. He was one of those rare dudes, uh, Russell, that could put people of incredibly strong egos in every spot in his company. To where if he was ne- if he wasn't there and the people in the room by themselves they'd probably be in fist fights kind of thing, but he had a stronger yeah. personality than any guy, so nobody everybody behaved because of him. It was like you know it was like a president that really you know was on top of his game. And uh, anyway, we went to the economic club at Chicago dinner one night because he was sponsoring me, and he goes, "God, this is really a bad day." It was the day Bear Stearns went under. He goes, three or four of my closest friends are at Bear Stearns." They lose their job. Their entire retirement was in Bear Stearns stock, and the stock's like two bucks. Yeah. He goes, oh, by the way, they live in a neighborhood where there's all these Bear Stearns people. They, their their whole life has been ripped out from underneath them. They don't have any. They got nothing left. And and yeah. by the way, they're out of a job. You know, so you sort of have to be careful when all your. You know who's really big on that too is UPS. Everybody UPS has their. Oh yeah, no, the requirements yeah, in UPS no, stock. Yeah. You know, so there's I, uh, there's pluses and minuses to that. I mean. And there like is. There, there most definitely is. I mean, th- this person works at a company, if not a dot bomb company. It's, well, uh, it's a big old machinery company that's been around forever and probably going to continue to be around forever, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but, but, and then the other thing is um, the big difference between the stories you just told and today, people don't stay at the same company forever. That's true. You know, and so, you know, it... Um, you, know, you, you you cash out whatever they let you cash out in the stock, and then you you move it into a regular old four hundred one k. Yeah. So, yeah, odds are it's going to get uh, it, it's going to get diversified at some point. But we, you know we do we do a lot of that for people. Those com- uh-huh. some of those companies make it about as difficult as possible to get the stock out of there to to to, get, to uh, come out with just cash. They make it really tough. They don't want they don't want you moving it. No, they don't. UP- I, 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 I know from leaving SIBA. Yeah, I mean, UPS, yeah, I think the like stuff that. there is like, is like A shares. Yeah. And first of all, you, you, if you did it while you were working there, you'd have, you'd have a target on your back. They've been oh, I'm the, sure. Uh, so the only reason why you do it is when is you leave. How come you're not doing uh, undergrads anymore? Um, I don't want to. Well, that's, that's a reason. I thought you liked yeah, those guys, though. I don't, I don't really want to. No, they're like, they're, they're, they're like a bunch of children. Um, <laughs> well, I've got children at home. But right. I mean, the guys you. Now, I, you know what? It, 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 it's more of a positive than a negative. You know, I, I was at the Options Institute at SIBO, and they trained the crap out of me to to teach individual to teach adults, yeah, and to teach professional professionals, and that's what I'm best at. So I'm just picking up graduate classes and uh, dumping the undergraduate classes. Well, you want the people there to want to be there. 
Well, and there, I mean, the undergrads, there are, you know, there you, you've met a couple of them. Yeah. Um, or you've talked to a couple of them. Uh, in fact, the kid that we had on uh, just got a job in um, with a with a firm as a convertible bond analyst. I really, I really like I like that kid. He, he was really bright. And I can't remember. And I can't remember um, what the name of his firm is. Um, maybe 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 I'll make him come into the studio live one morning, <laughs> and uh, I'll come down too, and he can come in before he goes to work. What uh, but, the, the dudes you went to but, London with though? Were they were they grad students? Or were they undergrads? Those were undergraduates, and they, and, they, and they were great. They were, they were absolutely fantastic. And the majority of students are, are absolutely great. Um, you know, it, it really is more of I'm, I'm better at teaching the graduate stuff than I am the undergraduate stuff. But I would say that from my, you know, God, my experience in college long ago as it was, is if you, if you taught, you know, uh, racks for jacks or something like that or, or you know, whatever, whatever the lower-end class was that, like, all the football players were in, you were pretty obvious that most people didn't want to be there, but if if you picked a course that like international economics or or labor law or something, uh, some of the stuff I picked at Notre Dame, those classes were totally different. You have twenty guys in there and were ladies, and they all wanted to be there. I mean, it was it's a I mean, yeah. because I would I would guess your stuff's pretty high end. That those guys are almost like grad students undergrad. No, that's that's part of the deal. Oh. I was teaching a core. I was teaching core finance. Oh, all right. Yeah, they just. They, yeah, they, I was te- I was teaching like the first finance class. Um, oh, so they're all looking at their watch. The whole, they were looking at their watch the whole time. Um, it, it's kind of funny. I taught Tuesday, Thursday in the afternoon, like during normal time. You know, like uh, I don't know, three to four thirty or something like that. And then I had a Monday night class that was six to eight thirty. And if you couldn't get into the Tuesday Thursday, you ended up stuck in the Monday night class. That Monday night class didn't want to be there. Well, I took two classes, and, and, and it was and it, it, it literally uh, there was there was like the third class in this past spring. I just looked up at the end and I said, "If you don't want to be here, just don't come here. Just read the material on your own, and best of luck to you." Because it was it was so it became so distracting with so many people goofing off in class. I took so, two classes in the summer when I was in Chicago, and I didn't want to be there. Although I didn't act yeah. up or anything, because the place so, was not air conditioned and it was awful. Mm-hmm. Just saying, but it was grad school, and everybody yeah. else was sitting there like they, like sober as a judge. And I'm sitting there going, "God, I hate this." I had never been in a class that long before. All on campus, they were seven, two seventy-five minute classes a week, and then I'd go play basketball afterward. And seventy-five minutes, you can hang in there pretty good, but one hundred and fifty minutes is tough, especially with like accounting or something. God, and it's ninety degrees. Oh yeah. There. It's bad. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. Ru- Russell, you're, you're interesting as hell. I don't know if I was taking accounting for you and it was in there for two and a half hours no, and it's 90 and, degrees. And, whether it, and I have a hell of a time going that long. I really do. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, and, and, it, and, and it's become more difficult for me to go that long. Um, unfortunately, that's how long the graduate classes are. They're 150 minutes. Well, the, so. the accounting guy, he'd say he'd finish up on something and it's like 10 to 10. And he goes, looks like we got 10 minutes. We can start something else. And I'm sitting there going, ah! <laughs> yeah, I, I can promise you that is not me. Oh, I can imagine. Um, and, well, and what I, what I, what I do um, is I, on Saturday mornings, I have office hours from 9 to 11 uh, online. So I offer myself up two more hours a week to everybody, and that justifies getting out maybe 10 or 15 minutes early on on. Yep, one of those long classes. Oh, God. SP Futures down 23, and, and as the Futures down 93. Be right back. 
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bay Excitation Jacks. I'm Tamau. Craig Pappas on the board. SV Features down 24. We've been leaking all morning. Uh, we were down a little bit more, but we've come back maybe a hair, but this is kind of on the lows. NASDAQ Futures 90, down 95. We came in, they were down like 20, 20 or 25, so they've been leaking kind of the whole show. Dow Futures down 172. Nothing down crazy. JP Morgan down 158. Microsoft's down 309. Um, yeah, Apple's down a buck 16 after. Going through three trillion last week, uh, maybe they're back under three trillion. If they are, they're pretty close to it still. Over in Europe, down some, down a little more than the last time we went through this, but not crazy. Dax down 92.6 percent, FTSE down 45.6 percent, CAC around down 47.6 percent. So they're at least uniform and down some. Not again, not nuts. Nikkei down 83.2 percent. Hang Seng another 300 point moves the other way. Russell comment on this. Uh, but it's still over 19,000, 19,110. That's a 1.6% move. Shanghai only down 22. That's 0.7%. As a way of review, Monday it was an inside day. That was down 10. I'm sorry, up 10. S&P up 5. Nasdaq up 28. Uh, bonds up two basis points. 8, 3.88. Looks like it might make it back toward four. A bond on change 245. Japan uh, down 13 basis points. Uh, I'm sorry, to a point. Uh, 3.9. They were up. I don't think that's down. I don't. I never saw that as uh, over 0.5. So I don't know. What, I think that number is wrong. But 0.39 is where it currently is. 
uh, oil up a buck 67. That's a pretty big rally. 2.4%, 71.46. Brent up nine cents, 76.34. Natural gas up three cents, 2.74. We've got gold up 4.30, 19.33. Trying to make it back maybe to 1950, but it has been range bound for sure. Silver down five cents, 23.06. Hanging over 23 bucks. Copper down five cents, 3.72. The Bitcoin down 315, 30,411, under 30,500, but still hanging in there. The U.S. dollar virtually unchanged, slightly down against the euro and slightly up against the pound, so uh, not much there. Uh, so what do you got for us, Travis Weather Sports? Good morning, everyone. 739, 78 degrees in Chicago, high of 84 degrees today. Unhealthy air, uh, grab a mask if you can, 119 AQI, 90% chance of rain after 3 p.m. today. Phoenix has clear skies, 88 degrees now, high of uh, 110 later on. Their air quality is also terrible, 84, uh, so grab masks if you're in both places today. Traffic, inbound Kennedy to O'Hare is 39 minutes. Inbound Edens, Lake Cook to here is 44 minutes. Inbound Ike from Wolf to the interchange is 19 minutes. And the Stevenson from I-294 to the Dan Ryan is 23 minutes. Sports, Cubs win at Milwaukee in 11 innings, 7-6. The Jays beat the White Sox 4-3. And the Mets beat the Diamondbacks 8-5. And most importantly, the hot dog eating contest. Uh, Mickey Sudo was the women's champion, eating 39.5. And And Joey Chestnut came in first in the men's, eating 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes. That's all I got, Chief back to you. I could stand to lose an ounce or two, but I think two hot dogs and I'm done. Soft. Did you see uh, Joey Chestnut? Uh, I think it might have been last year, and I don't even know what, what sign somebody showed up with, but they ran up on the stage with a you know protester sign, and Joey Chestnut puts the protester in a headlock so security can grab him, and he continues to eat the hot dogs. That's interesting. The man is my... The man is my hero. Why would, why would you protest at a hot dog thing? What's the? Oh, I don't. It, I, I, I never could really read what the sign was, but you know, it, I mean, why the hell do you glue yourself to a painting to to protest oil? Well, I don't know. You're 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 really asking for for some logic behind illogical behavior. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, hey, so. real, real real quick, Russell. We were, I was tormenting yeah. everybody last week. Fortunately, you dodged it uh, so far. Uh, eighth uh-huh. grade examination for Bullitt County Schools in like Kentucky for 1912. And I'll ask you one of the arithmetic questions I'm sure you'll get. We'll see if Greg gets it. Uh, how long a rope is required to reach from the top of a building 40 feet high to the ground 30 feet from the base of the building? 40 oh, squared plus um, 40 squared okay. plus 30 squared equals okay. root whatever. 50 feet? Yep. 50, yeah. 500. Got a five handle. Yep. Yeah, because it's a yeah. it's the uh, it's a triangle. Pythagorean theorem. Pythagorean theorem. Now the yeah. interesting part is, we learned that in sophomore year in high school because that that's geometry, correct? These kids yeah. are in, these kids are in eighth grade, but the interesting part, I don't know if you knew this or not, but because everybody's so far behind in COVID, the the one subject they're they're basically bleep cannon is geometry, from what my I could see that. Yeah. They, they're certain. They, I mean, yeah, I, I teach hybrid classes sometimes where half of it's recorded material and half of it is in person. Uh, in fact, I, that, that's what I teach on Wednesday nights like that. And I, the video part is always conceptual and the, the in-person stuff 
is the very difficult technical stuff. Like uh, A squared plus B squared equals C squared? Yep. Well, it's, it's more like uh, how to calculate Black-Scholes. Oh. And doing that part in person and then explaining the applications via videos. So, but my point, my point is, is I can see when people weren't going into the classroom falling behind on that type of a topic because uh, there are just certain things that you want to have instant feedback on and uh, there are also certain things when you're teaching you want to be able to read the room. It is very difficult to read the room over Zoom. You see, this Typically is... Typically, you're, you're, reading, you're reading one or two people. See, this is where the uh, very thoughtful, very uh, introspective and uh, Russell Rhodes is uh, totally wrong. Just saying. Am I? Okay. You know the reason why it's been bleep canned? Why? Because it's not it's not on the national test as much as the oh, other subject. Oh well, that uh, well that makes sense too. So if you're if you were if you were taking if you missed freshman algebra, for instance, like with a COVID year and you didn't learn learn squat at home, you're just going to take freshman algebra over again and you're going to and you're not going to do sophomore geometry. And if you missed sophomore geometry, you just missed it. So the one, the one okay. sacrificial one they're giving up. So, so five years from now, nobody's gonna be able to answer the same thing that people could in eighth grade, nineteen eleven, and you and I. You know, I'm not so yeah. sure I could. I'm not so sure I could prove that theorem anymore. I bet I'd have to brush up on that. We take maybe if we put it on the I'm trying, to think, I'm trying to think the last time I had to do a proof. Yeah, I bet we could do uh, it if we had a blackboard. But if we if we uh, commiserated, we could probably do it. Hey, real quick, what uh, the you hear all kinds? Of, it's not big news anymore but it's on, but it's ongoing news all kinds of things back and forth with China this that and the other and this morning Kevin was talking about the uh, you know we're we and other companies countries are saying you can't get a certain amount of chips into China now they're saying uh-huh. they're not going to give us uh, whatever kind of rare earth metal you need to make the chips and where do you see this in Can military you uh, well yeah, no I, I mean I, uh, but I, I don't know what is the what and is the morale? I mean, I don't know. You don't, we only have fifteen minutes, but what is the morality in your mind? Would well, first of all, what's the politics involved? How should they act? This is a big question. What about the companies? If would you buy stuff from people you know is in the province where they're using the slave labor? What about if you have a company? Would you invest? I mean, there's. I don't think I've ever seen a more multifaceted problem in yeah, anything in life that this brings. Know, it, it's uh, I. You know, I, I'm assuming, and never in a million years, that, that anybody from China is going to hear what I'm getting ready to say. But I, I have business interests that involve working with pe- people in China, and working with firms in China, and working with exchanges in China. And because of that, I keep my opinions to myself right. about the, th- the things that you're talking about right now. Uh, I, I just generally, I, and and therefore, you know, it's really easy to to point your finger at Nike and go, "You guys are a bunch of scumbags." Uh, all those shoes are being made in, by slave labor in Wuhan, um, and you know, you you should do something about it. Well, it, I'm not doing. You know, I I keep my mouth shut for personal interest, and the companies should keep their mouth if they want to keep their mouth shut. For personal interest, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I won't ever, I won't ever buy, I won't buy anything from Nike because of that. 
I, I really, I in fact, I'm, I'm thrilled that Indiana is a, an Adidas school. Um, I know it sounds so weird, but when, when I saw they were, you know, an Adidas school, I was like, well, that's good because I can actually wear some Indiana stuff because I, I won't wear Nike stuff at all um, because of that behavior. Right, that's my choice on that end. That begs the but, question: where, Where's Adidas? Made? That doesn't hurt me at all. You know, I just buy different brands of stuff. Where are Adidas made? Yeah. I don't know. I just I know you know I just yeah I, I I do know where the uh, you know I I do know that where where stuff from Nike is coming from right right and yeah and and the, you know the the I'm absolutely thrilled to see that Apple is moving their uh, some of their their manufacturing over to India from China, which um, yeah I, I think I think I think in twenty years um, all the iPhones are going to come from India and none of that stuff's going to come from China anymore. I just, um, I, I, I'm, st- I, and I like to say, but they're doing it quietly. Yeah, because because if you if you if you make them mad, um, even if you you know even if you, uh, this is in reverse. But uh, did you see that the Barbie movie will not be released in Vietnam? I did not really. What's that all about? Because, because do you know what the uh, the dashed line is all about in the South China Sea? The uh, or the line of the well. The line that they say may, that that this is our border right. in the ocean and the whole side of South China Sea is ours. Well, they put a, those the map. Of... The map of the world in the Barbie movie has the dashed line, and that that made the Viet, that made Vietnam. Vietnam's like no, you know that that's not their border. We're not going to show your movie here. All right, you got you got so, you got to tell the whole story. I, I you know more than me. Didn't. Let's say the, the the normal line is what twelve miles from shore, and some com- com- countries a, it, take a hundred. Something along those lines. But what what they do is they claim all these islands that aren't theirs, and, and theirs, and now they've actually built some artificial islands. I'm saying they built a couple to islands to justify yeah. the claim. And th- this claims it's a claim that nobody recognizes except for them. But if you and I start, you know, Chief and Russell's Globe Company, yeah. and want to outsource outsource the manufacturing in China. Uh, they won't do it unless it's got the dashed line. And if anybody's got a world map or a globe or anything, you'll, you'll see these weird dashes just in the South China Sea that don't really have much much of an explanation. But that's China, China claims that all the fish, all the energy under the ocean, uh, you know, the right to navigate around in a very big portion of strategic water is theirs. For and a, if you if you if you deny that. Then China will never do a, do business with you ever again. Well, and if we, you think uh, about it, that, that's kind of kind of minor. Um, yeah, well, they, they're yeah, they're all over it. They, they want to change the yeah. truth. I mean, this is how bizarre this is. I know for a fact, uh, Russell, what they do with old subway cars in New York, they mm-hmm. they drop them in shallow spots of the Atlantic because fish love them. Yeah, they make they, they make, make artificial reefs. Out make artificial yeah. reefs. Well, if you did enough of them, we had kind of a pile of them. And you filled up the rest with dirt and made an island. It's, let's, let's say we claim 20 miles from shore, whatever the international things. If you put this thing out like 20 miles and two feet, it gets you another 20 miles, right? Because now that's that's your shore. Oh, yeah. That's, no, and, that, yeah. And, and, and that's what they've done. And yeah. the, the islands they built up are nothing more than uh, aircraft carriers that you can't move. Yeah. But that's really what they are. They're like, they're like stationary aircraft carriers. But they also take a lot more. They more than twelve miles. They take like a hundred or something. Oh God, they're way the hell out there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I would I mean, say. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Surely not asking you for uh, any. All I'm saying is that 
if, if they draft us in the Oval Office, I wouldn't know mm-hmm. what to I wouldn't know what to do with these guys. I mean, I, know I really I I would not know what to do with them either. My instinct is to pull the Band-Aid off and not do, have anything to do with them anymore at all. Well, but then you have... That, that's, that's, a, that, and, 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 and actually, I, I had this discussion with someone a couple of weeks ago where it, there, there are two big issues that could be solved at the same time. If we stop sourcing crap from China and we started sourcing it from, from south of us, where labor is cheaper now and the transportation is cheaper. If we oh, and the more specialized stuff that we don't want China to have, go find if you can't find people in the US to do it, go find talented people from outside the US, give them a work visa and bring them over here. I'm sure many of them would be thrilled to move here. Yeah, I don't disagree. Right, but, you know, start to just let so two things, cut off China and allow the talent that you need to replace China to move into the United States. Well, if you're a cynic, like some people on the show are, maybe could be accused of, I'm not saying they are, uh, like uh, you know, Carl will say, and I'm not saying Carl's a cynic, he's not, he's saying the, the whole China situation is where we essentially have offloaded our labor, labor laws, child labor, you name it, and pollution. And we, and we, yeah. and we, pay, oh and we pay political people over there to essentially keep their thumb on the labor and, and whatever and not to worry about pollution. Same thing, I you guess. You know, one of, the, one, of, one of the greenest things that the United States could do, probably the number one thing they could do, we could do, is stop buying crap from China. But we... But I mean, they're, they're putting up two brand new coal fire plants a week. You, you know, and, and the weird weather that we have on the west coast of the United States and that Canada has... You can't tell me that's not you know that that's not partially influenced by the amount of crap they're pumping into the air just across the ocean from from the west coast. Well, the the people in by the way, you know, of course, that I agree with you. But that's that's two mm-hmm. of us. If you lived in Lincoln Park, you couldn't wait to get the scrap dealer Lincoln Iron or Chicago Iron or hell they were the hell out of there. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I now, if, oh, if, I get, I, and I and I get the not in my backyard thing as well. Now, if, uh, if if we decided to have the stuff back here, what do you do in California? They're they're tearing down power power plants as fast as they can, and yet they're telling people you got to have electric cars. I mean, they're out of their friggin' mind, Russell. I mean, what what is the solution? I mean, the, uh, you know, I, I think we could do some of the better nuclear stuff here, like Carl's always talking about, but we're not doing yeah. that either. We're not doing anything other than saying you got to go all electric, but oh, by the way, we can't build any electric plants. Well, all right, how does that work? Necessarily? Well, we're, we're starting to do some stuff. You know, they, the, the, I'm anything but a fan of, um, I haven't been a fan of our federal government, gee whiz, since the 90s, I guess. Yeah. But I'm anything a fan of the, the federal government, but um, stepping up and, and encouraging uh, bringing semiconductor manufacturing back to the United States. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that's one of the best moves that's been made. I, hundred percent. But now my question is, yeah. how are you going to uh, uh, power it, that plant? Um, hopefully with some green type of energy. You, you, you know, you, I mean, it, 
but but it will need to be powered somehow. You, you do know. Uh, I mean, the, the the best solution would be nuclear, but we right. won't do it because everybody's chicken, um, or you know, afraid of stuff that you really don't need to be overly afraid of. Well, you you uh, you weren't you're a little you know you're a little younger than me. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know the full history of the the SIBO building because I was all over it. I mean, I, that, to me, as I, I, I learned about options and how the competitive marketplace and all that stuff in grad school, you know, I couldn't wait to be there. But when you look at the, the building, the SIBO, I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, because I'm sure you know this. SIBO has two totally independent electric feeds. Did you, yeah. You know? One comes from the Chinatown area, and one comes from the north side. And the idea was, at that time, Chicago, Chicago downtown, this is 1983, Chicago was considered, what, A1A or something, an electric power and duplication of, you were never going to go down in Chicago, ever, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I won't say ever. I mean, you could have, an asteroid could have hit here, but uh, yeah. now... Someone could have screwed up the yeah. conduits down below the loop and then... Yeah, somebody could have done that, but, but I'm saying now... sized hole. Now, now it got to the point yeah. where they, they asked the SIBO to put a generator on the roof for, for big days, and now I'll bet even yeah. though the building's closed down, I bet they still ask on a, on, a, on, a, on a warm day to turn the damn thing on to help to help the power company. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You should ask somebody. Yeah, who do, who do I ask? There's nobody there. I I know who I could ask. Well, you could ask. Well, but I'm the saying the power that, company yeah. bought the old exchange floor, so yeah. they, they've got <laughs> they've got some interest in the area. So I mean, but sure. the Chinatown plant is down, right? That that coal fired plant's off. Mm-hmm. It's not only off; it's taken. That they shouldn't have. I'm just saying, but there's no. I, I would love to have no pollution. I breathe like everybody else. But I don't see how you don't say, okay, in 15 years, we're going to have, what is Carl always talking about? What, what's the, the the sodium nuclear plants? SMRs. Yeah, the, the sodium ones. Yeah, thorium. The no thorium, pollution or whatever. So it's uh, mm-hmm. small modular. That and, and, are, it can't, and it can't blow up, They basically. melt down on themselves if they start to go. Uh, All right, so I would like to see... Forty of these things going up. I'd like to see all all the power lines going to the high, the high, uh, high whatever fr- not high frequency but high capacity, so we don't lose mm-hmm. it all along the way. But the, the old system, anybody who honestly thinks that it's more efficient to burn natural gas, hundred miles away from Chicago, pour it over a line into your car, that's more efficient than running gas in your car. You're out of your, you're out of your mind. Oh gosh, no, yeah, no, electric cars are are. Just as bad for the environment as a gas-powered car. Period. But I'm saying if you it's, did it's this, whole different. It's a different kind of bad, but it's still, you know, it, it you know, it's it's not like it's uh, you know efficient like a bicycle. Yeah, but I mean, if it's I were awful. to put, if all of a sudden we're going to say we're going to solve this problem, like anything else, mm-hmm. Russell, I don't even think, as you know, even though I give you no one to grief, I, don't, I, I there's nobody I I know of that I respect their mentality more than I do yours. But if I were to put you in that room to say, okay, we're going to fix this, I'm going to say after uh-huh. two weeks, you say, Chief, what do you, you don't like me or what? Because all, nah. of a sudden, all of a sudden, the high-power transmission lines, say from Indiana, where all the windmills are, or North Dakota, come on, Edison doesn't want to pay up for those. we got our own stuff mm-hmm. here. Why do, why, do we want to, why do we want to pay money so somebody can sell us stuff from somewhere else when it's not ours? You know, who yeah. pays for this stuff? Now, is, is one of the potentials that... that Milton Friedman felt. Now, again, he never. When you talk about competition, maybe, and you know this, this is against my grain. Maybe 
the federal government should own the transmission lines, and other people can can power on lines. So you don't have a Commonwealth Edison restricting uh, the transmission line being good stuff from South Dakota where the windmills are or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, to try and get all these people together, they don't care about efficiency or, or your bill other than it going higher. I mean, look at how many, how many or fingers... Covering, or yeah. covering their costs. Yeah, or, yeah. Or how, many, how many people's fingers are in this pie? I went by, uh, last time I drove through Indiana, well, as you drive down all the time. Yeah. You see that huge area where there's nothing but wind, windmills? Yeah, and you go through on a. On a yeah, I go through there. Yeah, I know, I know exactly how far I am from my office when I hit those. Okay, so you're going to see even yeah. on a fairly breezy day, you see half of them not moving. Yeah, and you might say to yourself, "Self, why exactly? I don't why. Yeah, why? Why aren't they moving? Well, they don't need them. The grid, the grid can't accept them. Can't accept. Well, they don't need them. It's, yeah, it's I'm saying they, um, they, the, the, the yeah. grid's full. So someplace somewhere, we're burning natural gas or something. In a Commonwealth Edison plant or some other plant or a NIFCO plant, and we're saying we, we, we don't want the windmill stuff because we're burning this thing. The hell with those guys. You would think you could turn, well, you can't turn a coal plant off, but you, you could power back the it's, natural it's, it's easier. It's easier to shut down and, and ramp back up the windmills than it is um, right. you know, the, the, the fired plants. So when when you have, when it's 72 degrees outside and beautiful and everybody has their windows open and everybody's turned off their air conditioning and it's a Saturday so you know there's not a whole lot of manufacturing going on they shut down the windmills yeah yeah and then uh, what was it I was I drove down gosh a couple of weeks ago and it was about 95 degrees down there they were all going oh yeah I can imagine yeah yeah and 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 conversely when it's uh, really cold they're all going too I, I I can see the difference based on the weather and and I, I go past them, you know, at least twice a week during the school year. So oh. yeah, <laughs> uh, and sometimes I take a back way home, which is really cool because I'm on a two lane road, really right in the middle of all of them. Really, you know, you gotta, you, the expressway. You got to tell me what that road is. Cause I'd love to drive down it just to see them all, like that. I, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a screenshot of the route the next time I do that. All right, buddy, you take care of yourself. Again, okay. we want to. I want, I want your your girl to tell me all about the hurricanes and all this other stuff. Yeah, she's. Uh, we're going to get her up early and get her down there. All right, buddy. Take care of yourself as Thanks. usual. Good stuff. SP Futures down 24, NASDAQ Futures down 83. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708 403 2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.